Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The, the Reality Is. No, I, I'm glad to. It's for minorities, but white people don't be scared. Asians, Hispanics, you want to come on the show, hit us up. I'll talk to anybody about everything. This is like, these niggas is out here fucking these girls and putting it on porn, though. At 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with a hard on, she gets up and she turns oh on the church and turns the thing on. I was thinking, I thought I'm going to get some head or something to start to think. Oh, niggas are straight out here raw digging and choking on her. If God has his hand on you, why you sitting there? Uh, that was pretty good, man. It just kind of came out. You can't out. be squeamish when giving head. I mean, you got a dick in your mouth. Like, how much more gutter can you be? Big try it, like... Like, pussy's a big deal, nigga. Yeah. Period. Point blank. Just what it is. The reality is. Have you ever cheated on somebody? No. I have. We well, know. I, oh, I never wanted to cheat on anybody. Shit happens, right? I never did. <laughs> so, if we have a little bit more, you know, the people who have a little bit more, then we have a little bit of time to get people who have a little bit less. Yeah. We get equalized the situation, and one day, you know, regardless of what the government does, we will have systems in place to take care of ourselves. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. We can get some of this free footage. I followed you for, for a while now. Yeah, and that's what I was telling him. I was yeah. surprised. Thank you. Yeah, I followed you for a while now. But, I, but I've never really deeply listened. Yeah. You know, I've, I've paid attention. Yeah, but yeah, this, yeah. this morning, I actually regret it. You know that this has been right in front of me, yeah. And I haven't listened. So, so when we talked about doing this today, this morning, my wife and I were sitting there having coffee, and I played one of your podcasts. Oh man! You know, played it out loud, <laughs> and and I start smiling, <laughs> and and she 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 leans back, she was like this. Yeah. Uh, she's got this look on her face, like despair. She's like, "Oh shit, what she you like, got into?" This, this, she look, she like, "Oh, this nigga about to set my husband free because <laughs> I can come and be a talk any damn way I want to." Oh yeah, and so you know because she worries about you know that image. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and because you get you get shut down oh, man. from oh, speaking the way you really speak or whatever. And yeah. so a lot of people when they you know they'll they'll hear 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 me on the radio or they'll see me on TV or, you know, see the philanthropy or whatever, that kind of stuff, and they expect I'm this old stuffy-ass yeah. dad or whatever. <laughs> and and it's just the opposite. You know, you do what you have to do, True. Mm-hmm. you know, in order to succeed yeah. or whatever out here. But then when you get in these environments, and I think part of what she worries about is the the uh, the financial ramifications of being oh, yourself, well, true. Mm-hmm. which is really a trip. Uh, I think that our culture is probably beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, Gatsi agrees with me and many of the other people around me agree with me. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And then, yeah, so when you said uh, you have to change this shit or whatever, man, nah, please. <laughs> yeah, please do don't. Like, I saw that no, Jameson no. down in the corner. I was surprised y'all chose Irish whiskey, though. Well, man. see, that was from, yeah, that was from yesterday. Though. Okay. Now, we do have somebody, uh, the homie Chris Lewis. Now, the podcast is for y'all listening. 
we just jumped right into it. I'll read the scripts and stuff in a little bit. But we'll go ahead and make the introductions right now. We have Justin Martin of uh, Gotsy and Martin Law Firm yeah, yeah. in the studio today. We have his son. Appreciate you guys for coming in. We got Frank Minicon, one yeah. half of Melanin Origins Children's uh, Book Writing Company. We have the engineer. Uh, uh, he, you're a member of Nesby, right? Nesby. Yeah, I'm the regional uh, chair for our National Science Back Engineering. The homie Chris Lewis. He's also uh, newly engaged. We got to talk about that hey, before, the, before the podcast is over. Got the homie Frank, poster boy Franklin in the studio, uh, Artesia Swindle in the studio. I want your name, man, because I need to make sure I give you a true Alex, shout out. Alex, Alex. Alex Martin. We got uh, Justin's son in here. He's doing uh, the video. So you'll see video and all of that later on. I just wanted to let you guys know, man. This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a listener and podcaster-centric podcast ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. This episode is also brought to you by Take Take Action Gear and Apparel out of Houston, the brainchild actor Gabriel Silva, to stand up against uh, bullying through fashion and accessories that let you be you. You can visit that website by going to www.takeactiongear.com and purchase something to support the cause. So I think we got a good a good setup here today. The mic sounds good. We're in a new studio to start off 2018. We just got back from Chicago. Shout out. We had an amazing trip. The end of the year was amazing. But we got 2018 kicking off with Justin Martin in the house, man. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm fantastic, man. Glad to be here. Oh, we appreciate you for being here. I don't know what questions Frank <clears throat> and them may have for you. <laughs> I know I was going to talk a little bit about what you do, you know, being a lawyer. Yeah. Um, one half uh, with got uh, what's his Gatsy, first name? David Gotsy. David Gotsy. Yeah, yeah. That's so Gotsy Martin Law Firm, and I just got hit. dot com. That's really what we're known as. And I just got hit. Girl, you better call. I just got hit. dot com. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> when I moved to Dallas, man, I used to hear that. I was like, who is this? But it's catchy. Yeah. You know, really, it's catchy. Yeah. Nobody will ever forget that, man. So what? What made you want to get into you know being a, an attorney or being a lawyer? Well, that's a good question. You know, uh, look, it didn't start off that way. We talked about first of all, David Gotti and I go back to fifth grade. Okay, oh, wow. yeah. So we grew up in Austin, and and we were always, I think, for the most, you know, for the most part, you know, I was an athlete, basketball, football, track, baseball, whole thing. Dave was, uh, he played recreational. You know, I was on the teams with the school or whatever. But but we would spend all our time playing recreational, this that, street mm-hmm. football, you know, all that kind of stuff, and then. But we were always kind of concerned about people. I think both of us just sort of naturally leaned towards helping people. Yeah. And and for whatever reason, there was always some kind of thought process of it was either going to be politics or it was going to be, uh, you know, lawyer or whatever. But I didn't go that route. Yeah. He did. I didn't. We both went to HBCUs. We, I spent a little time at Houston Tillotson. Okay. He ended up graduating from H, uh, from HT. Uh, but we both spent some time at TSU. And um, anyway, uh, at you one point. I did. What yeah, you I'm, I'm a noob. Okay. Oh. Yeah, he's a noob, too. Yeah, Very so. good. All right, what's up, y'all? Happy Founders there. Day, baby. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gang signs. Yeah, <laughs> hey, a good kind of gang, yeah. too, yeah, baby. exactly. You pledge, yeah. too, right? No, no, You didn't no. play? I, mean, I thought you pledged. Me, five, me. Okay. <laughs> that's all yeah. good. Hey, that's, hey, whatever works. Yeah. But anyway, man, uh, and I could I could bore you with all that, but at, I, I went through my 20s. And much of my 30s, half of my 30s, I guess, as a as a salesperson mm-hmm. and, and an entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 19, still have it today, and uh, and then went from, you know, going into sales and, and really realizing uh, realizing that, you know, my number goal is a high number. It was a big, big number. And 
and I wasn't going to get there. I was probably going to top out somewhere around two fifty, yeah. you know, $300,000 a year if yeah. I'd continued in that sales role. Mm. And so, and I was going to be the one, I was going to be banging on doors at the age of 65, 70, Oof. and I really didn't want to do that. So, uh, your first world problem, but ambition problem too, yeah, right? True, your ambition true. is your crutch. Yeah. And so, and, and you just got to figure out how to use this shit. And so, one day I have a phone call with Dave. I literally had three or four vehicles on the street, two businesses in San Antonio, one that was out of Austin. And and I called Dave and I said, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm not sure if this is really what I want to be doing. And he said, well, shit, you always talked about going to law school. At the time, he had taken the Texas bar exam, yeah. was getting ready to retake it. He didn't, fa- he didn't pass it. We both failed the bar exam once. Well, he says, I, he said, you said go to law school. I said, well, you know, if I go to law school, by the time I graduate, I'll be 37. At the time, I had wife and kids. Yeah. He said, well, dog, you're going to be 37 either way, God willing. <laughs> Might as well just go yeah. get that JD. Yeah. So the next day, I went to UT San Antonio, walked onto the campus, went to the admissions office, and they and I said, I want into school. And they said, well, let me see your transcripts. And I downloaded, I had this old copy from TSU. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm not bullshitting, man. I had my, I tell people this. I'm serious. My GPA at TSU was the same as my blood alcohol level. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I walked in and they looked at me like, fool, you ain't getting into this school. Yeah. yeah, so it was like .97. Yeah. And I said, all right, well, just let me in. It was a summertime deal. I'm an adult now. The world is different for me, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know how to be places on time and focus and all the married. And so they said, we'll let you in on uh, probation or whatever the hell it is. Uh-huh. And and so they let me in. I, they only let me take two classes. I got two A's. And then after that, I did 80, 81 hours in a year and a half. Killing wow. the game. Yeah, and got wow. out. And that's when I pledged, actually, because I was going to pledge at TSU. So how old were you when you went back to school to get 34. your degree? 34. Uh, no, uh, third, third, let's see, 35. 30 anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because right. a lot uh, of people, yeah. and, and right now, like for me, I have my bachelor's. And I know all the time I'm like, I'm going to go back and get my MBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't feel like it, but I do want to teach at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And even going back to what you were saying, how when you are yourself, you're put in the box. Yeah. That was something that I feared when I first started. And I remember talking to you, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I want to do radio at a major level. But at yeah. this time, it's like, why not just create my own lane? Absolutely. And the only person that's really out there that talks the way I talk to me is Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. You know, Howard Stern, people try to say Charlemagne, but I don't like being compared to nobody because... I don't I don't feel like I beat people down mm-hmm. and I feel like occasionally he does. But like you said, sometimes telling your truth, it'll put you in a box. People put me in a box. I have people who won't even invite me on their podcast or mm-hmm. I was on one panel here one time before and it's like they heard me and it's like never again. But it's a risk I take to be honest with myself and not to be funny. It's a crowd out there and it's a demographic out there that needs that. Right. So with with you doing, um, do you guys market yourselves or work more so with car crashes and car wrecks, or is it expanded out? No, we're over- we're primarily you know car wrecks because because David at the time man he'd always worked for the insurance company. Right. At one point in time, a large number of the adjusters in North Texas were under Dave's management. Yeah, and so he was an adjuster manager. So he knew that business inside and out. And yeah. after spending a number of years basically going out and convincing people to take that little bit of bread when they could have got bigger bread. Yeah. He was like, well, let me use my education now to lift people, mm-hmm. you know, actually make life better. So he got on the other side of the desk, so to speak. Yeah. And so it was a perfect partnership because I'd spent all my life in marketing, yeah. sales. That's really all I know, branding, marketing, and that type of thing. But remember, going back, we were both people, yeah. people, people. Mm-hmm. And not just any type of people. We're our people yeah. type of people. Sure. And and I'm and I'll say that a number of times. My mom's white. My dad's black. I've never met my dad. 
Okay. You know, he was done with my mom as soon as he figured out she was pregnant. In fact, my birth birth certificate under father, he's got mother, you know, Cynthia yeah. Martin, under father it says withheld. Wow. Mm. I mean, somebody asked the nigga what, who, yeah. you know, he denied, he I don't it. have shit to do with wow. this. So my mom was, was quick to get out of that situation yeah. because I think she realized, and the reason I respect her so much among many, she never asked him for a dime. She just moved on. When I hear these people out here, you know, complaining Bagging. about all this shit, you know, he ain't doing this, he ain't doing it. My mama didn't do none of that. Fuck him and keep moving. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. She's like, you don't want shit to do with it? Cool, we good. So she moved on. But, but, but you know, we, when I say our people, nobody, I could never convince anybody I was mixed. Yeah. They just going to look at me and say he's black. He's and black so I've yeah. just been black all my life. That's all I've ever really known. Never yeah. brought a white girl home to my mama. See, that it's was always black women I brought skin. home, all of that. And so... You know, Dave and I were both about our people. So for us to come together with Gotsy Martin, mm-hmm. and I just got hit, I think he gave us an opportunity to actually reach our community at the time that, you know, Johnny Cochran, rest in peace, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, was doing his thing, but then he he passed away. True. And there was really no voice, especially in the South, yeah. you know, doing what we were doing. And and so that's where we came together, just with car wrecks. And yeah. we're looking to get into some other areas, but sometimes, like you said a number of times today, I think you guys have said it, you know, you got to stay in your lane. You got to stay in your lane. I, I mean, know I know your lane, but I think it's also important to partner with people and network, which is something I'm getting better at. Cause I saw you, like you said, I saw you follow me like a year ago. And I was mm-hmm. like, I remember telling her, I was like, what are you following me for? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I, I have a, I've had a tendency to think of as myself as small potatoes. Yeah. And a lot of times people are like, no, you're doing things. So it's like, so I was like, you know what? All 2018, mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm gonna just reach out to you. I think we, I come, you come in and on something. I come in and on yours. And I was like, I'm just gonna inbox him and ask him if he want to uh, do the yeah. podcast and come see, through. you know. And and now we're here. Now let me ask you a question. This is not even on the notes I had to ask you a question of. So you had a white mother. You never knew your father. Correct. Did you ever go through? You feel like any identity crisis that people talk about? Like mixed, you know, people talk about. I don't know what. I like crack jokes too. I'd be like, I don't know what y'all like to be called. I don't know if oh, like, like a Spanish, be, like a Spanish brother. I'm Latin. I'm like, yeah. nigga, you Hispanic. So I mean, <laughs> shit. So, but no, like, what, did you go through any like identity crisis at some point where you like identify? Should I identify as white because mm-hmm. my mother's white, mm-hmm. or you know, they got the one drop rule for us from years back to where like right. you say they gonna see you as black anyway. Now, now look, let me just tell you something before I say this. I'm okay. married, so this ain't sucking up to the sisters <laughs> out there. None of that. But I will tell you this: black women always kept me comfortable with who the hell I was. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because from, you know, third grade, fourth grade, mm-hmm. fifth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, college, the sisters made a brother feel good about who he was, <laughs> you know? Good, and so there was never any time for me where I was like, oh, shit, you know, who am I? Am mm-hmm. I this? Am I that? Because yeah. I could tell who appreciated who the hell I was. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then and then when I talked, it was, you know, that was the one area you know, my, you know who I've had the fights with more than like I black eyed motherfucking when I was in I think second grade. He said nigga, he said nigger, and that he are man. I'm telling you, yeah, but he got something. his eye blacked, and I didn't really even know what it was about. Yeah. I just knew it was a word. I was in an all white school. I went to thirteen or fourteen different schools wow. between kindergarten and my senior year of high school in three different states. Yeah. And my mom just moved around a lot, and so a lot of those schools were white schools. Yeah, and one time a little boy called me nigger. Nigger, you know, and I didn't even really know. Yeah. But I knew he wasn't supposed to say it, so I, you know, blacked his eye. Two piece and a biscuit. Yeah. The next day, <laughs> next day I walked into class, you know, head down, whatever kind yeah. of wondering as things go, you know. Teacher said, she said, Justin, come here, you know, you know, Billy, whatever, come here. Yeah. 
So we, Billy. we walk outside, <laughs> walk outside the classroom, all the rest of the students, and I see him there with the black eyes. She said, Justin, did you do that to him? Yes, ma'am. Billy, did he do that to you? He said, yeah, he did. She said, Justin, why'd you do that? I said, he called me nigger. She looked at him. She said, Billy, you know you shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Now, y'all a go, white teacher? Yeah, white teacher. Wow. She said, y'all go back in there and sit down. She, oh, probably, mm-hmm. she probably thought to herself, this nigga has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. He don't even know. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, I dog, I just, it, you know, for whatever reason, the stars aligned yeah. and I, I'm, I'm who I am. Yeah. And That's and the beautiful. other thing about it is I've I've failed enough in my life. I've been on both sides of an ass whooping. And I and I've just kind of been comfortable with with taking the L if I needed to, but I I just said I'm gonna take the L as as who I am, and I try to teach that to my kids or whatever. So no man, no identity this that or the other. If anything, the bigger identity challenges have come from my own people, mm-hmm. because when I was well, when, well shit when I was able to speak Queen's English, yeah. you know at a young age, man, like black people say, well you talking white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Stop like, why are you talking white? Yeah. And I'm like, well, nigga, I can talk like I you if you want me to. <laughs> I need to. But <laughs> let's let's keep it real. Yeah, we're in a situation right now. If you look at that dollar bill, that's not us on that. Mm-hmm. And the language of the dollar bill is is not the way you want me to talk. And I'm going to talk the language of the dollar bill yeah. in the dollar bill environment. Right. And and I call it, you know, boardroom intelligence and street smarts. Yep. They're two different things. Very true. Then for the first time, I think, in forever, and I don't necessarily think this was because of Barack, yeah. because I think he was a little bit more boardroom smart than he was street smart. So mm-hmm. think what you want or true, whatever. True. But for the first time ever, we finally got a category of brothers out there that'll whip your ass, mm-hmm. but can still be eloquent in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. I think that's good too. It's perfect. It's needed. It's needed. It's but balanced. I tell people all the time. I just posted on Facebook the other day, and I was like, the over this last year working with like Jason and Republican Company and uh, Naj out of DC and a couple other people, I was like, black people are on one accord. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the deep south, so a lot of times we don't see that. But it's like when we traveled this year, and so I was like, we on one accord. Be afraid, America. Yeah. Be very afraid because the black people really understand their power, and we can actually kill the crab in the bucket narrative and come together. Not to be funny, you could have looked at me and be like, small potatoes, I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not to be funny, because of your presence, it's probably going to level up another, another little bit locally. You know what I'm saying? But it's that thing. You're somewhere, like I say, you doing engineering, you always telling me about stuff, introducing me to stuff. Same thing with you with the books. And it's like you feed off of that knowledge of, I don't know nothing about doing books, but I've always wanted to write one. She wants to write a book. I don't know anything about engineering, but if it's something I've come to you about apps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about videography in depth like Frank does. Don't know anything about law mm-hmm. or any of that. Now, I watch a lot of law and order, so I'm sure <laughs> I know some terms if somebody put me in a courtroom and asked me questions. <laughs> With you being a community activist and philanthropist, though, wh- why is it so important as a black man, and I'm saying a black man, to give back to your community? Because a lot of times, I think me and him talked about it a couple of years ago to where it was like, People are starting to take pictures now of what they do. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, yeah. made, he he made a point to say, it's important for us to take a picture of what we do, not to brag or boast, but when we go to Google stuff online, the narrative is different. Right. So we have to start creating our narratives to where if we go Google and we're writing, if a blogger is writing a post about self-preservation or helping your community, now to be black people on Google and not just white folks because of the videos your son is doing, the pictures that he's taking and you're yeah. putting out there. When I searched your name, it wasn't just you know, Gotsy and Martin Law Firm. It was yeah. things that you've been doing in the community. <clears throat> so with all of that being said, like really how important is it to give back to your community from your perspective? Well, it it's not necessarily giving back 
when you're receiving. Okay. It's just transferring. Yeah. So you think about it this way, and I and I will tell you, I'm a I'm an analogy guy, man. If I was ever to be a hip hop artist, I probably would have I would have been right there with Lloyd Banks or, or probably Fab or whatever. Fab. I analogy us to death. But I but I look at it this way. Think about the heart. It's the one organ in the human body that actually gives and mm. receives simultaneously. True. And it's also our symbol of what? Love. Love. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting because we think about karma. You think of karma as this thing where you give, you give, you give, and then you receive, receive, receive. Later, mm-hmm. you're creating karma. Yeah. I don't really believe in that. I believe that karma is happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you said, come be on the show, you were giving to me, and all I'm doing is receiving that, and at the exact same time, I'm giving it I'm back. Giving it back yeah. And so when I look at, for instance, like 2017 was a year where I probably gave, personally, it was a six-figure number, Yeah, what I gave to people. And, and so if I look at my, if I was to look at that and go, okay, what did I get out of it? You know, that would be an improper analysis. You know, I, I'm Mm -hmm. on my knees a lot more than that, you know, so I don't look at it that way. I gave everything I wanted. That's what I did. I gave everything I wanted. And, and, and then if I went back and looked from a tax perspective, we got somebody at the door. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's why cool. we, we the reality cool. is open that reality reality is. Who goes there? We heard you talking black. <laughs> Y'all talking black. <laughs> Who goes there? <laughs> Look, I'm air. Hey, so and I got my back to the door, man. Yeah. I have to be careful. So oh, we got you. We're gonna say duck. But you, yeah, but you, <laughs> left yeah. or right. Thanks, bro. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I get a right in the. Hey, but, so you get my point though, yeah. right? So and so that's one part of it is. And, and, and to talk, look, seriously, man, like this shit, it's like if we were neighbors mm-hmm. and you said, hey, Jay, having a potluck tomorrow, you know, having a few folks over, whatever. I'm not going to show up empty handed. Please don't. But guess what? Because we got to talk. About I ain't going to tell you that I brought the shit either. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to come up. I'm just gonna you know, I'm just going to walk in with some macaroni and cheese or whatever, because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? And it didn't do you a favor by bringing the shit. Now, let me ask you this, since I got this in. So, you would bring something. Uh-oh. That's great. I always try to talk to people, because you have parties and people come in with their drink. Because, you know, you'd be like, BYOB, we cooking all the food. What you think about niggas who take the bottle that they brought? Nah, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's... To the highest degree. I experienced that a couple well, times, though. I was like, I got to get better can, friends. Can, can, who is these niggas taking the bottles well, with? You know, but that that that... That uh, that says a lot about their character, though. Yes. Well, subliminally, or their pockets. Yeah, but but it's deeper than that, man. It it goes back to something we was talking about earlier. We're talking a little bit about Dallas, which is a city that I love. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just now getting to this point as a race where we're starting to get comfortable receiving, Mm -hmm. and and we're starting to get comfortable having things. Yeah. And the problem when you're a first generation haver is you feel like you got to be a hoarder right. in order to keep it. And, 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 and man, so I'm not a, I'm not a hoarder yeah. because I already know God's got me. Yeah. So, and I know my brothers have got me. Yeah. And so just leave the damn bottle, nigga. <laughs> it's going to be the day when you get back. That's going to be the day when the podcast. Look, just leave the damn bottle. And, and, and if you got any any idea of how the world works. Anthony, I'm leaving my bottle, man. Yeah. I'm leaving my bottle. Right. <laughs> the pressure. It's out of pressure. Shit, you might be doing your liver a favor by leaving by it leaving anyway. Bottle. Yes, that's true. But you get what I'm saying, I man. Do. And so I be do. comfortable giving, man. And that's probably, you know, maybe we're finally getting to that point where somebody can 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 feel comfortable writing a check and knowing that they living so good 
they don't expect it back, but they know they're receiving at the same time. And that's yeah. really where I'm at with my life right now. So in terms of, to answer your original question of giving back to the community, man, please, I made, seriously, I've made $100,000 mm-hmm. in the last three weeks mm-hmm. in stock market. That's trading. Good. Trading. Mm-hmm. That would have never happened yeah. had I not been giving to people in 2017. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. Yep. It's me staring at my phone trying to figure out, do I buy Amazon? Do I buy Google? Do I buy Facebook? Yeah. Folks, we got to quit being so damn selfish yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because you're not creating any damn positive energy for yourself to where the community says, I'm going to, con- you know, the the, the universe yeah. says we're going to conspire to make things happen for Justin yeah. because Justin has found a few people out there that are not doing so well. And, and I fight back tears when I sit with people yeah. like that. Because my heart pours out to them in the situation they're in. Because yeah. I see myself, I see my mother, I see sisters, I mm-hmm. see brothers, I see people that are struggling, and I say I can't allow this to happen. Where did that come from, though? Because a lot of times we're not, that's not an innate thing that we're born with to just give to no, people. No, we're mm-hmm. born with it. Well, we are. I, I we are. But you know, sometimes we're, life damages us to an extent that's to where the we point. pull back. N- nature mm-hmm. versus nurture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we listen too much to the external forces out there. Yeah. We're in this, the optics of consumption. Shit, you buy a phone, it's your phone. Yeah. Somebody wants to see your phone, you hold the shit. Yeah. You don't hand it to him. Like, he may just run out. My wife, she can't even hold my phone. Yeah. My son, I'm like, nah, let me, right. nah, give me yeah. my shit back. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, it's, we're, we're so concerned with consumption and yeah. consuming and having things. But when we were on the playground as babies, as, as infants, toddlers, kids, yeah. you shared your toys. You did. We shared the we shared the park, we shared the playground. Well, the best rides I ever had, man. We went to Freaknik in Atlanta, mm. took the speaker box out the Shit, damn back of that Toyota yeah. in <laughs> order to fit more brothers in there because we were sharing the car yeah. and we were sharing the experience. They was trying to bring that back, but they said that's too rapey now. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. yeah me and too. With this this that. climate, yeah, yeah, it's too rapey. Mm-hmm. That feminist mm-hmm. movement, it will mm-hmm. shut that shit mm-hmm. well, see, down. See, I was going down to to Black Beach in Daytona. Yeah, I've been saying I used to hear about some of them used to go down to Myrtle Beach. Yeah, Myrtle, yeah, Myrtle Beach, Beach was Daytona. Yeah, Daytona. College Week. How, I'm, I'm 45. Anybody yeah. older than me here? Nah, I'm nah. 35. Okay, so I was going to Black Beach when Trick Daddy, when Two Live Crew, like I remember Luke, oh. Luke rented the entire 13th floor of the Marriott. Oh, yeah. A condom wow. was like a sock then. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they handed them out like M&M's, dog. Yeah. Like, you walk, you walk off the elevator and yeah. the guys would do this. And, and so I remember going to the first one and, and lost my mind. Literally seeing all these black people, yeah. all these sisters walking around bathing suits yeah. and stuff like that. I went to the second one. It was a little bit more, you know, just in case, you know, be ready to swing. Yeah. The third one I went to was the last one. And the reason why, man, because the second one, the women, they was getting, you know, the asses grabbed yeah. and the men were not being gentlemen yeah. because that element yeah. had started it coming in. Right. It went yeah. from collegiate to, to like the pendulum swung completely the other direction. Anyway, third one I went to, remember those little tiny baseball bats? Yeah. The mini? Walked walked in, got there, and there was, you know, four women walking around in swimsuits but had those mini baseball bats in their hands. 
anybody that, that listens to this that was there will say will confirm what yeah. I'm saying. Wow. And I said, if it's gotten that bad, I don't belong yeah, out here yeah, no yeah. more. You know right. what I mean? I've outgrown this. Yeah, I've outgrown this. Uh, but but yeah, that's that's probably why we can't have it. But I'm sorry, man. I'll drift. I will take tangents oh, no. on you all day. <laughs> no, drifting stuff. is perfect. <laughs> reality. Honestly, I, we really don't even use notes. I just use notes today because I was like, I want to be a little bit professional because I had engaged. Yeah, it's optics. Right. I engaged you, so I was like, okay, I need to come in this profession, right? You know, and then if yeah. he's there, then we go there. Now, before we turn it turn it over, I, you talked about. I was looking at a video. I think you had on Instagram, and you would talk. Well. Facebook like a year ago mm -hmm. I went back I do research and you talked about two types of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. he's like they both work hard but one works smart mm -hmm. can you explain a little bit more about that like sure. the two types of entrepreneurs sure. from your perspective sure so so what what's happened is there's this like proliferation of the word entrepreneur everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur now yes. mm -hmm. and social media has put everybody in this position to be able to say they're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. without ever really having any accomplishments mm -hmm. and so you you have these guys who are who have full time jobs mm -hmm. and and are paying the bills and all that and they say so I'm gonna go be an entrepreneur. They lose their full time job. They become this entrepreneur. Now they're getting past due notices and uh, low balance, you know, alerts on the bank, uh, you know, account or whatever. Yeah. And the reason for that is because they're trying to be full time entrepreneurs instead of being everyday entrepreneurs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my analogy in that is even a monkey won't let go of one vine until it's Same got a hold of another. And and you can you, you what you really should be doing is you should keep your full time gig, mm -hmm. your eight to five, your nine to five. You go home, you eat, you work out, you do whatever the hell it is you're gonna do, and then at nine PM you start your entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And you and you entrepreneur until one, two, three in the morning. You All you need is six hours of sleep it. and then you get your ass up and go back to your day job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you do that until you realize that your entrepreneurship, your everyday entrepreneur, again, not full-time entrepreneur, yeah. but everyday entrepreneur, starts to pay you more yeah. or has the ability to handle your responsibilities. your responsibilities. That's all I've ever done. And so I've got these businesses that I've put together, really at some point in time, probably overextending myself, losing out on sleep. I've been hospitalized a few times, yeah. heart rate, things yeah. like that, because I'm over-caffeinated and all that. But- I've been able to turn those into things that operate as systems without me even being there. Yeah. You know, that's because good. of it. And that's, that's really what that that's was all key. about. And see, I, I think that's important because that's pretty much what I do now. You know, like my job allows me a lot of flexibility. And I know I was telling her, I was like, I want to make more money. Mm -hmm. I need to be at six figures in a certain point in period of time. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to get it. So it's like, I literally, I wake up Monday through Friday. I work, I work <laughs> from home or I go out. Soon as I'm done, like he said, I'll literally eat mm -hmm. something. If I ain't working out, I'm going to play a game of Xbox. And then I'm like, okay, how do we plan the next event? We're working on an event now. Mm -hmm. We just got back from Chicago. We did Dallas earlier. Then we went to D.C. So it's like now it's back here. Then we got to go to Houston. It's like how do we make mm -hmm. what we did better? And I was telling you, I was like 2017 ended with a bang. Mm -hmm. How do I make it better? And you're not going to make it or get better at it if you're not focusing on it, if you're not giving some attention to it. It's not going to grow if you work your mm -hmm. nine-to-five job then go home and you do nothing all day. Yeah, yeah. That's real. That's Not to mention, it, it says a lot about your your seriousness about exactly. what you're trying to right. accomplish. Because karma works the same way there. Yeah. You've got to give in order to receive, receive when it comes to that business. And the other thing I'll say, man, is, you know, we've all seen, you know, the, the house building process. Mm -hmm. And and so, you you know, if I, if I took, you know, su success in business is a series of activities and a sustained you know, progression, mm -hmm. series of just action, 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 action. And that's what creates success in business. Yeah. Okay. And it's also what creates competitive advantage for a company because a sustainable profitability model 
comes from having a competitive advantage. Yeah. And that comes from actions, right? Why is it now that we've got people that think that one action is going to make them successful? Mm -hmm. And so I think what, you know, it's like if I was to take a brick and buy a piece of land and I took the brick and I just threw it in the middle of the land, I said, there you go, there's a house. Yeah. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. You need a lot more bricks. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's the same way success works is it's a brick. It's another brick. It's another brick. And it's another brick. How many bricks? We don't know. But we know it's more than one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't know how many it takes. The answer to that is however many it takes to be successful. Yeah. And so if you grind away and you just lay another brick and another brick and another brick, and, a, and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur, 2.30 in the morning is a productive-ass time for an entrepreneur. It really is. And you can that's lay true. bricks. Yep. How many? I don't know. Yeah. But however many it takes till you got a house. Maybe you but, get a chip off the old brick. But, <laughs> man, but let me just tell you something about Instagram. You can go throw that brick in the middle of the yard <laughs> and tell somebody you about to build a house and you get the same praise, the number of likes, the comments, as if you've already built the house. And it's so hard not to get lost in that because oh, no question. I know I've had a lot of people reach out to me and they'll be like, so how many listeners do you guys have right now? And I think last time we did, I was like, we have about 3,500 a month. But you look at Facebook and it's like 736 followers and they're like, how? But then I'm also like, it's 3,500 a month. We surpassed last year's numbers by like 150%. We're in 37 states. We're in six countries. I didn't have that a year ago. Yeah. Now, what I want to ask you is we see you're successful. You're traveling. You got a beautiful family. I want to know about the times because this is what I try to talk about. You hear Steve Harvey and he talks about <clears throat> where he's at and he, you know, he talks about how hard it was when he made it. Well, I know right now with my pockets, I try to talk about the times when I had nothing, where I invested something and then I'm broke. What about those times? Like, how did you get through those hard times where you were like, I want to do this. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a business person. I want to transfer all of this and do this and do that. But things weren't going well. And you did have that negative balance. You did get that alert. Like, how did you get through those times when you because a lot of times we don't see you don't see yourself sitting here being as successful. I think it was Kevin Hart. He was like, I couldn't have never dreamed he would have been that big. I would have been that big. He was like, but I wanted to be successful and I worked at it, mm -hmm. but I would have never thought Disney movies and, you know, Nike signing and creating a shoe. So how did you get there mentally? Man, you see, now, now I'm going to get a little philosophical and I'll probably disagree with Kevin Hart and a few okay. other people out here. But first of all, I still feel broke. Yeah. I woke up this morning broke. And I and you saw the hat. I had the hat the other day said un uncomfortable yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> uncomfortable motherfucker yeah. was actually my nameplate on my door at the law firm. Okay. Till he took my office over. I don't have an office in there anymore <laughs> uh, because it just, it, 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 we've grown so much. Yeah. I had to move out. But I think, you know, look, we're born crying, fighting. Yeah. We live complaining and we hope to die without regret. Yeah. And, and so I've I basically said to myself, I will never, because I, I see myself as a, as a soldier. Uh, I see myself as somebody that's got a responsibility that will never go away yeah. to provide, to protect, to grow my community, to, to help people. Why would I ever say to myself that I was comfortable? Yeah. And so yeah. when you asked me the question, I was thinking, as you're saying, well, you got this success. No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Because, look, if, if you want to play this game of, you know, who's got the most money, Kevin Hart is broke. Yeah. Kevin Hart is broke, dog. Yeah, compared to there are people who could buy Kevin Hart, Hart yeah, and give his it. ass away. away. Yeah, like so nothing. he better just chill yeah. with all that. And yeah. I don't think it's gone to his head. Yeah, I yeah, really, I, just, I think I he hears it. I think what the what the world wants us to do is to live in this in this way that we're constantly aspiring 
And that we're out here buying these college Jeez. programs yeah. and these education programs and we're listening to these motivational speakers embrace failure and do all this shit. Dog, it's just <laughs> a bunch of fucking work. Yeah. And guess what? It's going to be work until the day you die. It really is. Your body right now is chemically solving problems that you don't know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a cellular level, right now, you are curing disease yeah. inside of your body. Uh, you are There's colds that you contracted that you never knew about because your body eradicated the sickness before it ever before affected, it before you started sniffling. Yeah. We are born to fight forever. Yeah. I've just accepted it, which is probably why, you know, you I, I've spent my life sort of living in this damn, uh, you know, in this uh, space where I'm in pain or I'm in glory. Yeah. So when you see me and my family out there doing X, Y, Z, that's glory. Yeah. That's reflecting on the success. Yeah. Pain is growing. And guess what I spend more time doing? Growing. Growing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be in pain. Yeah. And so it's like a song by Seal years ago. My mom had a stroke and I was going, I was at her house. She's in the hospital for four or five months and I'm at her house going through a CD collection, just playing music, Day, Earth, Wind & Fire, Seal. Find this song by Seal and Seal says, one of the lines is, bring it on. Don't wait until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it just rang so true to me, man. It's like, why are we putting off the pain yeah. when pain is the only way that you grow, the only mm-hmm. way that you gain? And so why would I ever sit back and say, well, I got X amount of money. <clears throat> As I said in another post here recently, if you can achieve it, then there is no damn number. Yeah. Why would you ever give yourself a it's limit? A number to max out on. And, and if you're going to play the game of who's the richest man on earth, then then there's always going to be one richest man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll never be two richest men or women. Yeah. There are three. There will only be one, which means everybody is in second. Yeah. If you're going to play that game, That's true. everybody's in second. And so really the only thing you can do is say, here's my circle of influence. Here's the people in my community that I can help. And let me try to be the biggest impact on them mm-hmm. over a sustained period right. of time. And I'm going to die working. Right. And I'm going to die in pain. And I'm going to be perfectly happy with it because sometimes, as I told a guy this morning, one of my business partners, you know, I called him, he said I could be better. And I said, you always say that. Yeah. And and the reality of this situation for us Bring is, it full circle then. This is the, the destination, the way the world tries to get us to go to this destination. Sometimes there is no destination. Yeah. It's what you're becoming. That's really all you got to focus on. Yeah. What are you becoming? Never mind where you're going. Who are you becoming? And so I'll always be trying to get better, dog. That's it. And so coming here to be with you is about me getting better. Okay. It's not about, it's not, you, you, well, you, you've said some very nice things, you know, whatever, but I'm honored to be here. Yeah. You making me better. I That's the way it. I look at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and if I can help you out, great. Yeah. You know, I can't help everybody. Some people last year, I still owe them. Now, well, now this <laughs> is what I was about to tell you too. I, I was going to ask you, how important is it not to tie yourself just to any brand? Because that's something I had to learn, you know, as I started progressing and moving up the podcast ladder, it was like, do I want to be on this podcast where they really shitting on women? And like, even when we talk about race on the podcast, like we don't just address race to dog white people or Hispanics or any, like we address our own people. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's a a point that I try to make because I think we've all gotten too sensitive at a time to where it's like, we can't even agree to disagree. So how important for yourself is it like to watch who you do interact with and tie your name to. And uh, but now we're getting back to a conversation about economics. Okay. And economics is a is a study. And what we want to do is we want to say okay, well I've been on Instagram, yeah. so I'm an expert on it. Uh I I I've, I've been in business, so I'm an expert on business. 
business is academic. You have to study it. You have to you have to read, as we were talking earlier. Yeah. People just don't want to do that. I, I man, nothing drives me more crazy than saying, "Okay, well, you know," I'll say, "Well, what are you reading right now?" To somebody, yeah. we talk about mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm like, you. So, you too. but to your question, there's a there's a there's common just or, or traditional accepted things in business about say one of them is a theory of adjacency, mm-hmm. and and who who you're as successful as who you're adjacent to. Yeah. And so when you see these these companies doing this co-marketing, so I think the last, latest one I saw might have been Taco Bell with somebody else yeah. in the commercial, and yeah. they blended two brands. Or Geico now has the, the what was it, the watch company or diamond company. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And in, uh, in the Geico I commercial. Think it's or something. Somebody, somebody like yeah, that, yeah, somebody yeah. like yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, that's, that's their co-marketing, yeah. and that's the theory of adjacency. So what I'm saying is, you do have to be selective yeah. about who your brand is next to because you want to compliment them. You want them to compliment you. Yeah. And if that's not happening, then don't waste your time. Waste your time. Right. Otherwise, if you're just helping somebody out, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do that. But I do look at brands and I look at other people's brands. I looked at yours and I said, man, I can ride with that all day long. Well, I appreciate it. And, <laughs> and, and, but, but you've got to be careful about yeah, that. And, right. and, but if you do go into that situation where, you know, somebody is not, like you say, somebody's bashing women, that's a value-based thing too. Yeah. So there's the other mm-hmm. things different about me. Well, not different. I, th- I think it's pretty common with some people, but one of the things I do is I say, okay, what are my values? Yeah. Because values are sort of the things that shape my decisions. Yeah. And I value women. And I value the contributions that women have made in my life and will continue to make in my sure. life. And I have daughters. Absolutely. So why would I be party to something where they're bashing women? That's just a value I won't break. Yeah. But there are other areas where I'll, I'll be, I'll make myself very vulnerable yeah. you know, in the conversation because it's, it, it's, it's a safe area in terms of my values. So, I, you know, I got one, one question for you. Uh, you mentioned early in the convo about, you know, balancing street smarts, being professional, because, you know, when it comes to talking about money, I mean, it's about having a certain, you know, yeah. way you talk. Yeah. I think African Americans, you know, we think we have a great advantage to where we able to do both. We can be street smart and talk, you know, certain lingo, but mm-hmm. when it's time to step into the professional environment, we can transition. Yeah. How can we or how have you been able to benefit from doing both? And can you share advice where, you know, more African Americans can be more, you know, confident in where they come from and using that as an advantage, you know, to become successful? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, you know, you gotta keep in mind that every business out there is not your enemy. You know, everybody doesn't want to take from you. Mm-hmm. And and so there's a, I, I've been shocked, man. Years ago, I was a delegate for the state of Texas in the Democratic Convention many years ago. And I walk into the state convention and I'm floored. See these big old white boys with leather vests on, sleeves, you know, all mm-hmm. big old hairy arms and shit. Mm-hmm. Look like, you know, Harley <laughs> Davidson bikers. Sons of Anarchy. Another, another white dude, he's the picture. Like if you right. Googled redneck, his ass would have popped, popped up. up. Redneck. <laughs> that would have been the, the face of redneck. And here he is, a damn liberal Democrat. And and I realize, and you can go back to John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. That was my first example. That's, you know, I think that was the transition that Malcolm X started going through mm-hmm. when things really got bad for him, yeah. was when his own people said, now you're starting to be a little bit too accepting exactly. of people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. All white people are not your enemy. Nope. And I've actually been on, in many situations where I realized, you know, John Brown, for instance, going back to that real quick, he asked Frederick Douglass, hey, join me. Me and my sons are going to raid this artillery. Right. We're going to arm arm slaves, and we're going to start a rebellion. And guess what Frederick said? 
No, nah, no, nah, go ahead, nigga. Mm-hmm. You do that on your own. Exactly. I'm good. I'm good over here. <laughs> good luck. Right. Well, but, you know, mm-hmm. and I get it. Frederick mm-hmm. was where he was at that point in time and right. respect him, RIP, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But all white people are not your enemy. So right. you have to find the white people that aren't scared of you when you're being yourself. Mm-hmm. And and that's so that's part one. Part two is, you know, you've got to have what I call situational awareness and situational fluency. And a lot of people don't have it. I'm one of these people, man. I'm always looking at the whole room. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not leading from the front when I walk in the room. I might lead from the back because it gives me 300 or 180 degrees of visibility, you know, mm-hmm. of, of vision. Yeah. And I can see who's doing what. And, who, and then when I start talking to you, I'm going to watch you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to, I'm, and I'm not just going to hear what you're saying. I'm going to read between the lines. And I'm also going to look through what mm-hmm. you're saying to try to figure out what it is that you're you're trying to get from me and what it is that I can get from you. Yeah. And that's situational awareness. And then the fluency part comes with how do I communicate with you? Because if I go, well, sure, he's not going to let his guard down and talk to me the way he really wants to talk because he's in front of him, him, and him. Sure. But I have a feeling if I get this guy in another room, he's going to say, you know what? I got something for you. I think I can help you and your community out. Mm-hmm. And I go, I, I, I got it right. You were one of the ones that I knew I could work with. I kind of had a feeling and I tested it. So, uh, and so that's two. And then three is you got to have some story, man, like something deeper than I'm just trying to do something for my community and black people and this, that, and the other, like, like success likes to hear about success. And sometimes I talk to brothers, man, you'd be amazed how many successful business people, white people, black people, Mexican people, Asian people, whatever, want to see somebody else be successful. Yeah. <clears throat> but then when you listen to a brother and he starts telling you what he's going to do, I'm like, dog, there's really no narrative here. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing shit that really makes me think you're trying to do something that's never been done, so why would I be interested yeah, in that? Right, exactly. And then we say, well, he don't like me because I'm white. No, nah, nigga, you had a fucking he, whack story. Yeah. <laughs> Your shit didn't make no sense. Your mixtape was shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and so it's like you think about, you know, you 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 walk on the Shark Tank. They yeah. didn't tell. They don't tell none of them people no because they was black. No, nah, mm-hmm. nah. they tell them no because their shit is not economically viable. And no infrastructure. The, wow. You you gotta have you know so 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 that's I think where we've got to we got to spend time and keep in mind, they still haven't figured out how the pyramids were built. <laughs> that's real. They still haven't figured it out. Obviously, genius is in us. Mm-hmm. We figured yeah, out how to build aqueducts, how to do the first sewer systems, how to get shit out of the city and water into it and yeah. grow and, and you know, agriculture, math, architecture, all of that. Genius is in us. Yeah. We just don't sit long enough to really be, you know, to, to tap to into, tap into it. it. And then you can go to the streets with your genius and watch it multiply. And then you just align yourselves with anybody because I will tell you this and I'll follow Money has no color. Like, look, I'll say, well, now, granted, white people not calling, I just got hit today. Yeah. They're not. Black people are calling, I just got hit. Yeah. My community is supporting me. Thank you. Thank God. And mm-hmm. I'm supporting my community. Yeah. But I'm not speaking purely to African Americans with economics. Yeah. I'm speaking to everybody. Yeah. If a white kid wants to come to me and talk to me about what can I invest in, I'm going to tell him over the next six months, I think you got a good chance investing in energy. Yeah. And I invested in energy three months ago, and look at the storm of the century came. I just kind of got lucky, yeah. mm-hmm. but my natural gas is doing well. Yeah. My, you know what, you know what right. I'm saying. Exactly. So we gotta, we gotta, we just gotta be smarter, man. Mm-hmm. So what investing tips would you give somebody? Like, how do you? Because a lot, like I said, a lot of people ask me all the time because I used to be in financing, but it's like I'm out of that now. Mm-hmm. So when you yourself are looking to invest in something, what are like one or two tips that you? 
actually oh, focus on to, get, to purchase or buy into it. All right, so here's an answer, probably not what you want to hear. The first investing tip I would have is don't ever invest what you can't afford to lose. That's a good fucking tip. tip. Yeah. Because <laughs> the pod people do that. If yeah. you don't have $150 per share, don't right. go put that in. Uh, yeah, and then I hear these clowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex and I made a video last week, two weeks ago, we were in Houston, because you got all these clowns out there talking about Bitcoin. Boy, and, I just got yeah. into it. A guy about to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, see, so you know, because that's everybody tells you, and this right. is what you're yes. supposed to do. Right. And and so, but but here's the interesting thing about it, and here's my challenge. So you're listening to this guy, and he's telling you to invest. So here's my little thing out there. I I've lost money. Yeah, a lot of damn money. One day, a lot of money. Yeah, I've made a lot of money. One day, a lot of money. I, if somebody asks me, I'll show you my account. I ain't going to listen to no clown out here who, what was the last time you saw somebody post their bank account on Instagram? Never. Goddamn bad. Yeah, but you got all these guys out here talking about invest in this and buy mm. this and follow me and, and buy my, you know, nine ninety nine to get my platform and blah, 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 and, yeah. you know, all that shit. And I'm going, dog, show me your damn tax returns. What them coins at, Chief? Let's, let's hey, play big real. bank, take little bank, yeah. and let's see what you really got. Yeah. 45, still haven't done that yet. No. Exactly. So, but he's, he's, trust me, he's made his money. He, oh, yeah. he, he's making it. He just don't want us to know where it's coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say, you know, educate yourself. Yeah. And, and, and on education, and I feel like I'm rushing some of this out there, but, but why not? The, the most powerful thing in the world is information. Yeah. It is. But there's one thing more powerful than that. Having that information first. And so if you look at our educational system as an example, whether you go from a classroom environment, educating kids to educating investors that are all watching CNBC or Bloomberg or reading the same magazine, who the hell's getting the information first? Yeah. That's why inside of trading is so big. Oh, you can't have the information first if yeah. you're sitting in the damn classroom getting no. educated in the American right. education system. No. You can't have the education first if all you're getting it from is CNBC. Yeah. The same time another 450,000 exactly. people watch nationwide are watching the show, right. you're all getting it at the same time. So yeah. nobody's got an advantage. And so consensus gets around Bitcoin, and now Bitcoin goes up. Yeah. But what goes up quick also comes, comes down, down quick. You have to self-educate. Self-education is my is my uh, advice, advice to yeah. people that want it. And then you kind of got to put common sense in there, too. So yeah. it, for me, it was common sense. I bought Nordstrom after looking at their five-year mm-hmm. and seeing where they were five years, and then I looked at where they were three years. And then I, I read the analyst reports on Nordstrom, and it said it looked like they were making a comeback, and I realized Amazon wasn't going to be everything to everybody. Yeah. And I bought Nordstrom before Christmas. You know, before Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And I've made, I think, 15, 20% yeah. in the Nordstrom investment. And I'm waiting for them to announce earnings. If I feel like it's going to be good, then I'll hold it. Maybe yeah. get another 4 or 5%. Yeah. Then I'm going to, and then and then my final thing is, baby, when you work hard to get it home, you got to keep it there. That's what mm-hmm. I was just about to say, because a lot of people want to put in and take out. You do not want them penalties coming out of well, there. No, no. You talking about taxes? penalties and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like if you take out, you know, some on, depending on what you're investing in, sometimes like a lot of people try to, they'll find out that, oh, I got a 401k, they've been stocking it away. You don't want them penalties. You need to, and that's a lot of things that people don't read. Like, I know a lot of people when they first start investing, they want an, a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you have a financial advisor on the books, even if you don't check in every month, 
he's getting that 2% trail. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his money. So, like you said, I, I agree with you. Self-education is the best way. Mm-hmm. I went through 12 weeks of training for Fidelity to get where I was at, but it's like I learned more from reading books, investing for dummies, and mm-hmm. researching stuff on my yeah. own because it's only so much you're going to get. That's and real. when you're talking to investors and clients who got $50 million in a portfolio, you can't get on the phone talking about, um, uh, all right. Nah. Um, yeah, you done. That word, um, you done. You done. I, I guess what my point was about getting it home, though, is once you get it home, it's yours. Yeah. And if you let somebody take it, or you let it, the market go down on that particular stock, you should have sold it. Yes. Yeah, so look, I'd rather get a a thirty percent, you know, gain increase on it. Get gain. Let it go down five, sell it, sell take it. my tax implications. Mm-hmm. I'm now 14% up yeah. mm-hmm. after taxes. Yeah. And after the new Trump, whatever this mess is he's doing now, I'm now I'm gone from 39 down to 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take it. Thank yeah. you. Now, it's just going to mean more stuff in the community for yeah. me and whatever I do. But you get what I'm saying. So, yeah. you know, Bitcoin, for an example, I, I invested in Bitcoin at the end of, probably November, maybe early December, I got involved with it. It finally got to the point where I felt like I could do something with it. I got involved and I think I might've made about 35, 40 grand and I sold it. And I just happened to get lucky and I sold it before all this mess happened. So I netted 15 grand. Anybody would have, that would have come to me and said, no, you don't want to pay taxes on it. You full of shit. Yeah. I made 15 grand in one month after taxes. I'll give uncle Sam that 15 grand Mm -hmm. and I'll take my 15. Yeah. Now I used to do a couple of things when I was, uh, let's say, um, not a lawyer (laughs) and, and and, and making, and making 15% was not great then, but it damn sure is better than nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and there's ways out there you can double your money. We know this. Yeah. We know this, but dog, 15% compound over 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. buddy, right. that's a lot of damn money. That's good and stuff. so you can't be listening to the to the voices out there that are saying, don't invest. Like people say, don't buy a duplex because yeah. you don't want to have to, you know, you, you live in one side. Oh, they're going to be coming over here. They're going to pay your rent late. The hell they are. Yeah. They pay the rent. You plunge the toilet. You hang the cabinets, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you get your mortgage paid yeah. right. by them. By them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, what, I do. For a free mortgage? What do you think about uh, apps, you know, like newcomers like myself, like the last maybe five, six years, you know what I'm saying? I got into like investing a little bit. So I come upon like Robinhood app mm-hmm. where, you know, it kind of cuts the cost where you don't have to pay for, like for a broker fee or whatever. Sure. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? I think, it's, I think it's great. Again, though, don't expect anything to be silver bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about diets. It's about, li- you know, when, when you look at diets, for instance, people say, well, take this and you'll lose this weight. Look where that's gotten us. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And investing is something that I commit time to. My wife, I have a folder on my phone and my wife knows I'm going to go to sleep reading Bloomberg or Barron's or in some type of article, mm-hmm. you know, about what's going on. And I'll tell her, well, you know what? I think gold or I think this, I think that she's investing too. Yeah. And she's playing with a lot of money and, and I'm proud of her because yeah. she's learned how to do it. And, and so that's, we do it awesome. as, and, but, but it, with, with these apps where you're saving fees, for instance, 3%, 4%, like you just said, Anthony, yeah. that adds up. So if, if, if I, let's say I make 10% on investment, but I pay 4% fees. Yeah. Well, I've made 10%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've made six. six yeah. And then you take your taxes out of well, I haven't made six. Made, right. I really made three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the value of your time, you go, I spent four hours making 50 bucks. Yeah. What was the point of that? Yeah. Right. I could have just, you know, thrown a party. <laughs> done flyers. What is it? 500 flyers for 20, 20 bucks yeah. and handed them out. Yeah. So liquor. 
I would have been good, yeah. you know. So, I, again, self-education, man, for me is the biggest thing. I, I really, and we don't want to read that, dog. If you're spending more time on looking at big booties and <laughs> and and parties and all that shit on Instagram instead of actually reading. Especially at this age. Shit, any age, it, man. Yeah, that's true. Any age. Yeah, you I, can be consumed with too much too early, period. Got to reduce yeah. the number of double tapping. Hey. Oh. Yeah. I'm, hey, man, true, I'm sorry if I've gone, uh, you know, too far. On oh, no, 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 stuff, no, 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 I no. just, I will ramble and I've no. got. This is the thing I told people, too. I was like, I want to kind of introduce different stuff in the new year. You know, like I like having these conversations because it's a mix up and a mashup. Because normally we we joke and then we'll throw something positive in and then we'll throw something educational in. This is educational. Are you going to stay for the second hour? Yeah, yeah. Okay. To, so for the second hour, as you already got, we're going to get more into mm-hmm. talking about relationships. Because a lot of times when people come on to the, the podcast, they come with some particular question that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a guru. But what I am is, uh, what is that lady who died just not too long ago with the plastic surgery? She was all made up all the time. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Okay. I'm like Joan Rivers. I get. I, she got paid to say what people thought. I'm that person. Like, I'm going to say what, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times when we're going through things, we think the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to tap into, like, relationships and all of that. Can we take a quick break? All right, we're going to take a quick break again. You're listening to The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. We'll be right back with more of Justin Aloria, Chris Lewis, and Frank Minicon. We'll be back. So, for me... listening to the micro version of the reality is where filtering becomes extinct continue over to the b-side to hear the remainder of this interview today on news four at four we're working for you an inside look at the local covid vaccine trial for kids what children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated today at 4 p.m on nbc4 tonight it's the voice live rounds and nick jonas wants his first win let's get this done who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here watch live and vote to save your face the voice live rounds tonight on nbc all this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 